You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 106. And we're going to be talking about what if or contingency planning about our hunting strategies this fall. Jake and I haven't been able to to decide which one we're going to call it yet. But anyways, I'm Christian Babcock. Oh my God, don't be cheesy. Okay. I'm Christian Babcock. (laughs) And Jake Gaylord is joining the podcast today. What's going on, Jake? Oh, not a lot, not a lot, not a lot. I still think what if. What if strategies? Yeah. What if strategies? What my mom always told me, if you have a plan B, your plan A isn't good enough. That's false. I'm all in. I've got all my chips back here, and I say, if I don't kill one where my trail cam is, I ain't. It, it's fine. So be it. Well, okay. So this is our what if strategy slash contingent contingency plan. It's a big word. Didn't know I knew that one, huh? We have a strategy going in for like Kansas, Oklahoma. Like we did the scouting, did all that, but like I said, trail cameras don't paint the whole picture and you don't know what's going to happen, especially in Kansas. We scouted all that land, set out the trail cameras, but we don't know the pressure there, right? We could go in there. Uh, if we go there opening weekend or the second week of November, wherever, whenever we go, that little parking area could be loaded up and it could just be a no bueno. So what this is basically going to be, what are we going to do? If that happens, I think we should, before we get into what we're going to do, if that happens, we, I think we've had a lot of growth in the amount of people that listened to the show in the last couple months. So for people that haven't been listening since back in like May, when we started talking about this. So I think we should give people a little bit insight into what we're planning on doing this fall, just at a high level. So in October, we are going to just hunt wherever the deer are whether that's the lease or public, depending on the weather. I know September 15th, Kansas will open, so that's another option. But the only things that we have set in stone this fall is the first weekend or the first week of November. So October 28th through November 5th, I believe, is a Oklahoma Oklahoma public land pre-rutcation trip. And then November 6th through November 11th is when we're going to spend the bulk of our time in Kansas hunting, trying to get an out-of-state deer for all of us. So that's what we're talking about when we're saying um, our contingency plans. Those are the two plans, and anything after that is just going to be a bonus. I just figured they knew what we were talking about because they've listened to every single episode before this one. That's that's what that's, that's my true, don't let me doubt you guys. You guys are the best. Yep. yep. Yeah, so what do we got up first? So... What do you think we're going to hit first? Like, realistically, do you think we're going to be able to go to Kansas in September or October? And when I when I mean all of us, that's what I mean, is are all of us going? So, maybe. Maybe. I say that because September, Kansas is a real possibility because you can't hunt anywhere else. So, it's mm-hmm. like hunt there or hunt nowhere. But when it becomes October, it's going to be really hard for me to drive an additional six or seven hours. So what if, what if your cell cams aren't popping off in October? Would that be the only scenario where in October you're not going, get, going to go to your lease and you're going to go to Kansas? Is if your cell cams on your lease are not popping off? Probably. Probably. I mean, I always... And we always talk about the difference between summer talk and fall talk. Like mm-hmm. summer talk, it's like, oh, I'm going to take it easy this October. You know, when it's hot, I ain't going. But it's there's some animalistic switch that happens in my brain, like in into September, where I'm like, can I get off Thursday and go a little early so I can hunt mm-hmm. an extra day? Can I, can I wake up Friday morning and get into the woods before you know like i that's how my brain starts working so it's your ancestors calling out it's like i remember the old ways <laughs> that yeah. little joe rogan's kid exactly but no i would love to i would love to get into kansas in september and then to be honest i would prefer to stick around oklahoma in october 
just because I will not run all the tread off my tires before the season has begun. We talked about it in the last podcast we did, but there's a time to go hard and there's a time to play it safe. So clarify that. Yes. The time to go hard is November. Late October, early November is my time where I am willing to go hard. Like I'm talking about like sacrifice my body, sacrifice my sleep, sacrifice borderline relationships in some sense. And that is for our part of the country. This is when we time the rut. This is what we're basically talking about is pre-rut slash rut, right? So it might be different in, I don't know, Florida. Is Alabama like that? Is Alabama kind of like Florida where they got a different rut, like maybe in December or something like that? I know in southern Louisiana, there are ruts in like January, like late yeah, December. So basically, whenever your rut is, that's what we're talking about. That time for us is November, early November. So, like, it's tough. And that's probably something that people don't talk about very much in the deer hunting podcast realm is like, your wife can only take so much. And I know when to press, like, after being married for three years, I know when to press go and when to press pause. And the thing is, one thing I've learned is like I've pressed go on times where I shouldn't have. Like I've put <laughs> and it paid off, baby. <laughs> no, and it didn't pay off. I've put my neck out there and been like, listen, this is the last time I need to go. And she's like, I trust you. And the next weekend I'm like, listen, this is the last time I need to go. And then after the third weekend in a row, she's like, get out of my face. You know what I mean? And then it, I got this two months of relational building after hunting season where I'm like building up trust again of like, see, I don't only care about deer hunting, you know, like you're important to me and all these things. But what I'm realizing is I want to do less of that because I want yeah. to have trust and I want to know when to press go and when to press pause. Yeah, but and it's that's a like, very hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. But it's kind of like you say, too, like you have this limited amount of time to do the one thing that you absolutely love to do. And it's a limited amount of time. And, and you know, as, as I don't want to say female because females hunt too, and they might have the same passion, but as a significant other that isn't as passionate about hunting as you are from September to January, that sounds like a long time. It is, it is, it is, but to us, it's just like that's when it's not those months. And this was just from September this year, right? So most times like October, January, but still tomato, tomato. For us, it doesn't seem like that long while we're waiting on it, while we're out of those months. And so like that's the – and it kind of sucks doing like the podcast now because Abby's going to be home any minute now. And it's just like, what are you doing? Talking about deer hunting. It's like, oh, great. Like so – I guess for us, it's like a never-ending battle. Somewhat, somewhat, it gets it gets a little bit easier on the off-season. But especially then, I mean, I see your point. Like, hunt smarter. And plus, it's a little bit of an easier load. Because, like, if you're arguing about stuff before you go on, like, the week-long trip or something like that, especially if you're arguing about hunting, like, hey, I don't think you should go this week. Well, we already got this plan with the guys, you know, this, that, and the other. I, you know, so you have that mental battle. Like it's already mentally draining enough to like go out and hunt. But when you already have stuff that you should be doing, Oh, I could be doing this honeydew list. So I could be doing this, but instead I'm out here wasting time hunting. It makes it a lot less enjoyable. And so if you, if you can kind of, what am I trying to say? If you can do both in extent and if you can do both, Make your wife happy and hunt smarter, meaning more efficiently. That's the dream. That's what you're gonna have to do if you want a long lasting relationship. <laughs> it's it makes it's it's really hard to do it. But now I I'm getting to the point now where like even if Lauren doesn't want me to go, she's like, I know you want to. I know you, you should go. And now like I'll it'll be like day six of a week of a trip you know because i've taken two weeks off the last two novembers and she'll be like don't come home until you kill one and i'm like that's what i'm talking about and that makes me want to come home more that makes me want to come home more than her saying you need to come home Mm. you know what i mean do you think she knows that she might be tricking me 
See, she, see, she might be using reverse psychology. Now I can't exactly. trust her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but when you're trying to do something special, like we're taking it so seriously with the hunting and the content side, when you want to do something special and possibly do hunting and content for a living at some point, you really got to make something out of nothing. And when you're talking about like, Oh, well you got three months. Well, really that's two days a week. Really it's two days of hunting on a weekend. Right. And you get six, seven weekends of that. There's 12 days. And then you get your, your vacation or your, your vacation days. So you're hunting 15 days to learn everything that you need to know about the rest of the year to talk about and for yeah. the next season. Basically, all I was saying was we're trying to do something special with the Hunter's Advantage, and we're trying to learn and grow not only for content, but because we we want to. Like, I want to get that experience of hunting all over the country. And when you're trying to do that, doing one state a year makes it really tough because you're not learning fast enough, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're 365 days, and you're like, okay, I learned a little bit more about Kansas this year. Okay, well, you didn't learn enough. You know, like you need to be like, I learned about this state. I learned this state sucks. I learned about hunting in this terrain and the diversity experiences is what makes you a better hunter. And it's hard to do that and navigate relationships and also keep buddies that are with you motivated too. Cause each one of you have different relational pulls, right? Mm -hmm. Like your brother might have, be having a baby. What someone's grandparent might be passing away. Like you're trying to keep a common, life. yeah, life. life happens. You're trying to keep a common like goal and keep each other focused. And that's free. That's hard to do. It's really hard to do, but it's what you have to do. Wrapping back around to con contingency plans. We got well, what else? What else did we call it? <laughs> uh, what if strategies? What if? So, I, I, uh, basically I think where I was going with that is, so you think we're going to be going to Kansas before Oklahoma, right? I would love to. Yes, that'd be the plan. Okay, so let's say we show up September, opening weekend of Kansas, September 15th or whatever whatever that may be. We go, we hunt all the spots that we have cameras just to check them, obviously. But let's say none of them pan out and the hunting pressure there is a little bit too much for us. What are we going to do? That's a tough one. It is. I hate, I hate eating that that pill the humble pie pill but it seems that i eat it often so man we talk about it a lot i think in our tiktok videos and like on the podcast and stuff but at a certain point trail cameras and preseason scouting can only do so much like you never know what the pressure is going to be like until you actually get on a place and that can even change from week to week or day to day at that point I kind of feel I, this is, and this is something I'm kind of excited about is the idea of just being able to go out and be a woodsman. Like exactly. I knew that make, make something happen at some level. We've gotten so reliant on laser rangefinders, on trail cameras, on mapping software. I mean, and we even tried to do that with Kansas because our first go to was I had a connection with family friends that, own some land up in Kansas. And that was our first thought. Okay. We'll try to draw for Kansas. If we draw in, we'll talk to them, see if we can't, you know, hunt their property, put out some corn. It'll be easy. And that was our very first strategy. And I don't like admitting that, but that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to be like, Hey, Grant, I guess we're trying to be efficient too. Where can we go? Least a lot of least amount of pressure, yada, yada, yada. But the thing is, is like, that's not, I feel like that's not as relatable to you all whoever whoever you are that that's listening that's not that's not as relatable right what's relatable is okay i have no connection in this state so let's try to draw out and let's see what we can do there and that's exactly what you're getting at is woodsmanship it is and i think the older the older i get and the more deer that i kill the less i'm interested in just going to other states finding a lease putting out corn if you can and shooting a deer. Like I want to become a better bow hunter. And I always, we've talked about this a lot, especially in between this year and last year is what are we learning when we're hunting? 
when we go out and we sit over corn and we, Charles would say, execute a deer. Assassinate. Assassinate, yeah. When you do that, you're not learning anything. And you can do that on public land too. You can sit in the same spot every single time and learn absolutely nothing. You, if you're, To me, if I'm not learning, this, this is my mindset going forward. If I'm not learning something different or new on every single trip, I have failed. Yeah, you're not and testing yourself. I'm not testing myself because I think this, for me, I, I really over-index into the preparation side of the aisle. Like I love to be over-prepared because that way, if it doesn't happen, I know it wasn't because of a lack of effort, right? Mm -hmm. But the counter-argument to that is, well, what are you scared of? Well, I'm scared that I don't have enough to get it done without yeah. preparing. That's right? the fear. That's the fear. And what I really like and I admire about a lot of people is people that show up with their bow and their climber and their truck and they go, let's get it. Yeah. And I'm like, what does that mean? What do you mean? Let's get it. Let's find a tree. Let's find some sign and let's see what happens. And it's interesting because there's a, it, even in the Proverbs, I believe it's Proverbs 16. It says, uh, we roll the dice, but God determines how they fall. Right. And so I think a lot of the time as deer hunters, we think that we do the preparation and this is the result. I do the prep. The result is a big buck, whether that's on public or private. And now I'm like, I just want to fall in love with the process of trying to find one of those and kill one. And if I do that and I do kill one, that's icing on the cake. Even if I learn something and I don't kill one, that's better for the next encounter. And that's the mindset that I'm trying to have now because I feel like that's a much more healthy place. Because if you're more results-oriented, like, I need to kill three bucks this year. Okay, if you don't kill three bucks this year, you're going you're gonna to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be really disappointed. That's just how I'm thinking about it. Clip it. That's that TikTok video right there. What about you? That big rant. I, I, I'm not going up after that. <laughs> there ain't no way. What's your mindset on it, though? I mean... Like, what What if? If that doesn't work out, what, what's your plan? Uh, For Kansas, I mean, kind of like, wait, I mean, dude, word for word, I'm not I'm not going to be able to use my words as greatly as you did just now. But, uh, I mean, try to go find the next next sign. Wherever no, wherever someone's not, try to try to fall in line somewhere else, I guess. Uh, there was a spot that, like, I really want to try out this year. And if you've tried this before in Kansas or something like that, or maybe not even Kansas, but a, a similar, a similar setting. So what this is, is some, some, uh, I'd call them ag fields, but they I don't think they had anything planted when we went there. I'm talking about that, that deer highway and that thick stuff right, right yeah. along that Creek. I'm super, I really want to try to shoot one from the ground ever since I had that encounter with that buck on that piece of private, Last year, long story short, I was sitting on a log, leaned up against a tree, didn't have very good cover. I knew this, but I was not expecting the deer to come out from where it did. I was expecting where the other ones came out at, and it kind of threw me off guard a little bit. One of my shooter bucks on a piece of private was 15 yards from me, broadside, and I, I just couldn't move. And ever since that encounter, I want to try to kill one off the ground in that certain situation. So what I would do, it's, you've seen it. We went and scouted in Kansas. It's too on the thick, video. Yeah. Too thick to uh, hang a stand or a uh, or a saddle or anything. So what you'd have to do is bring one of those little uh, foldable little triangle seats, you know, uh, kind of what like dove hunters or whatever sit on. And I want to try to go in there with a tripod and sit on that little, because when I say it was like a, I don't want to call it a little funnel hub or whatever, but it, it's literally where three trails just combined into this one thick, thick trail. I mean, it looked like a cattle trail and I'm really wanting to just go sit in there and get eaten up by mosquitoes and try to get it done right there. I don't know why. I don't know why I want to. I just want to try to get one off the ground like that. I think you could too. That's the exciting part is like you really could. And in that spot too. But what's going to be hard is if they're not walking exactly on that trail, it's just like, I'm going to miss them. If I don't hear them, I'm going to miss them. And you're going to hear them. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, that would be my, that would be my secondary go-to. Like if you were seeing them and Carol was seeing them, 
and there wasn't really like a great like a great spot for me. Let's say the pressure, like there was cars parked in the other spots or whatever. That's what I would do, and I would feel confident. Like not confident, but that's what I would want to go do. And then if we're not seeing them, I say we just pack up camp and just go home. Nah, I'm just kidding. Probably another part of the WMA, but yeah, or a different it. part of the state. Like that's true. I've got a lot of stuff marked within an hour of there because I feel like pressure people can get really frustrated with pressure on like a single WMA. But the reality is, is everybody can't hunt everywhere at once. Right. So like if, if there's pressure here, the likelihood of being there pressure in another spot, 20 minutes away is, is less because you know, they're for sure here. And that's something to take into account too. The cool thing about Kansas is there's Weehaw that walk in hunting access Mm-hmm. and it is plentiful and the amount of like 600 plus acre places that are like 600 to a thousand those are there's a lot of those that's where and crispy they, killed his off of is those uh we hires right Weehaw, yeah 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 mm-hmm. and uh chad sylvester exodus killed like 170 something inch off of Weehaw last year so did did uh did tyler kill his off uh Weehaw? don't i don't know about that i don't know if he ever said I remember listening to one of their podcasts, and I think they said it was in the same area. I don't know if that meant the same WMA or just like like the same region of of Kansas, but they're as they crispy. Look, yeah, yeah. Interesting. They looked identical, pretty identical. Those bucks sure did. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I I really do. I want to prove something to ourselves because that confidence like it it you can take that from experience to experience like if we get hot early like if we can if we can put some deer down in october on private i feel like that is going to put us in a fantastic place to keep moving forward and people can say whatever they want about oh you don't need to kill a deer to be confident i do yeah it helps it's if it's been nine months since I kill a deer, I start questioning God. Will I ever kill one again? That's <laughs> Maybe I not. ask myself that all the yeah. time, and then I start to doubt myself. I'm like, Have I ever killed a deer with a bow? Then I get in full draw again, and I'm like, I'm home. Well, it's it's all that stupid pressure that that we we put on ourselves, right? Because like hunting ain't a race, and I, I don't even consider it a marathon. You know, like it's just not a competition at all yeah no yeah you're just thankful to be out there like obviously you kind of want to make it into a competition or else you're just i don't want to say you're just going to shoot spikes every year or something like that but like you shoot whatever you want to shoot whatever but i feel like the people that we talk to and that are that are pretty like very passionate about hunting hunting makes you always want to just be better right so my first buck was a spike, and it was. My second buck was a basket rack. I shot three or four basket racks before I like really bumped up, and it's just like that's just the process. I mean, that that was just my process. I was happy with every single one of those, so why not? But sooner or later, you get to that point where it's just like, and it's mainly after you see like, oh, this is actually what a what a mature buck looks like. That's when it really clicks, and you're just like, I want this again. And then after that, because before that, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to shoot what's happy. But then you finally get that mature buck out of pure luck i mean that's what it is just pure, pure luck the at that first point. one is for sure yeah pure luck. yeah then it's just like how do i replicate that that's the feeling i want to chase it's a competition with yourself i don't know how drugs work but that's what i would figure you know like like oh that 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 first gate gateway high or whatever they're, they're trying to chase that's what i feel like it is relative it's funny as bow hunters because we work literally like 40 hours, 40 plus hours every single week. We use all of our vacation to go hunt for a 15 second moment after you release an arrow. (laughs) And that moment, like I'm not kidding. The moment that you release an arrow and you know, a deer's dying, like is going to go away. You're like, Oh my God. It's like almost a relief, but it's like, I want that again. It's the craziest thing. I want that again. And it sounds high. Yeah. It sounds like, I do, I do understand where like anti hunters and like you know tree huggers come up with that. Like, oh my god, you you're getting excited to murder a, a defenseless animal. It's like, yeah, kinda. And like, I don't, I don't know how to how to put words to that, but it's just, it, it's a crazy, it's, it's a crazy a mis- feeling. It's the mystical flight of the arrow. There's something 
when in Genesis, like when God says we have dominion over things, that mm-hmm. gives me permission to ki- to take animals when I see fit. Why? Because animals aren't people. That's why. So I feel comfortable in that. Um, but I do see what the people are saying when they're like, oh, you, you shoot animals for fun. He allows yeah. us to. That doesn't mean everybody's going to like it. Yes. And also, um, I I shoot animals for fun. I also shoot <laughs> them to eat. And yeah. also another thing is, um, where's where's it going with that? There was another point that I was going to make. Conservation, population control. They're going. They're going to die anyways. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. giving them. I don't want to say I'm giving them out because when I shoot a three and a half year old buck, he's like, dude, I had my whole life to live. Yeah, I had six years. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Why, why'd you cut me short? I'm giving <laughs> you your way out, man. No. Um, but saving anyways. you from that little Fiat that's about to drive down the road, baby. Don't you worry. Exactly. It's just the mystical fly of the arrow. It's that's the high that that we're chasing, and the stark high and this in the like lowest low. Like I haven't missed a one sixty yet, but when it happens, they're lucky the tether holds five hundred pounds because I would consider. <laughs> I would consider. I don't know. I always joke like I'm gonna break my legs. No, I'm being serious. Like, I, you guys would come to pick me up, and I'd be like, "Well, just let me enjoy this pain for a minute." It's it's no. like that. No, um, I'm excited though. I think Kansas yeah. is going to be really good for us, but I think we got a battle before Kansas. I think Oklahoma. Not on private because let's see if the corn can do its work. Mm-hmm. But on public, we got a battle to in Oklahoma before we That's, get to Kansas. It sucks to say that I'm more excited about our annual trip down there over Up our there? yeah 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 well in in Oklahoma. But uh, I'm talking about from like Kansas would be considered up, mm. and then. And then Oklahoma's obviously down from Kansas, so that, that's what I was referring to. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, where was I going with this, dude? You make me get off track, and you know I have short-term memory loss. You're more excited about Oklahoma than Kansas. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I'm more excited for that annual trip. Just it might be because we have history, but we spent. $550 on a tag a piece for Kansas and part of me right now is like I'd rather be there than at Kansas why is that I mean I'm sure it has stuff to do with history right but then again I know Kansas has giants so I assume as soon as I see my first deer over 130 up there if I see my first deer over 130 then I'll be like oh I love this place I'm putting in every year but until then, I, I mean, that's just the way it's going to feel for me. It was kind of like pronghorn hunting when we went to the panhandle to pronghorn for the first time. I literally told you, I was like, you know, I'm excited about this, but I don't think it's going to be as good as whitetail. And then after the trip, I was like, I might like pronghorn hunting more, more than more. whitetail. Yeah, I, I love it. I wish we could have went back, but <sighs> stuff happens. We're going to but- go back. I was so excited for pronghorn hunting. I love, I love, I love, I love it. It might not be as much, but it is right up there. That's what I told Lauren is I said, Lauren, I've hunted like, I've hunted antelope and I've hunted deer and I've hunted deer in a few different states and I've hunted turkey in a few different states. But I told her, I said, I'm scared to go out West and start hunting other things because if I find something else that I like to hunt, my life will be completely consumed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Uh, have you ever heard someone talk about like hearing a bugle from like 50 yards away where like no. ring, like echoes in your chest? I do not want to hear that. You see what I mean? I'd be like, oh, snap. <laughs> I would qu- it's hard enough to focus. Uh, it's yeah. hard enough to focus. And I talked to Lauren about that. I'm like, I- I'm glad that I haven't done that yet because I would probably devote my entire life to one the gospel but two hunting like more than you already do more than i already do laura and i have talked about if we like it would be fun to like sell our house and live in like a travel trailer oh, for I some period of time no i mean, I'm, for a period of time for a period of time it's not like not for like life but like travel like a full hunting season or two in mm, the trailer yeah. and basically just do that and the idea of that sounds awesome i'm sure it's a lot better it sounds a lot better than it would be, 
but I think it'd be really cool. Like we even going on into New Mexico, like last season, I love last couple weeks. I love seeing new things. So one of my dreams, and I don't know how attainable this is, but so every, almost every summer growing up when I was like 12 to like 14, 15, uh, me and my family would go down and ride horses in the Pecos, Pecos wilderness in New Mexico. Beautiful. And, oh dude, it's gorgeous. And that is something I want to do. I don't know if they have public land or if they're over the counter tags there. I'm not sure. I haven't looked into anything. Draw. I talked to a guy but, that's tough. Yeah. But that is like one of my all time dreams is like harvest a bull horseback, like going in horseback, just, just how it was. Shoot. That was 12 years ago. And I want to carry an elk that way. That would be, I'd be like, kill me now. My life's complete. We need to start putting in for New Mexico elk. Cause I know that one's hard to draw out, but that would be an experience. And it wouldn't be that far of a drive really either. I talked to this guy and I got his number, the one that was in. He said he'd never killed a whitetail. I told Uh-oh. him, I said, I said, <laughs> hey. listen, I, said, listen I, got, I got you. If you got me, I got you. And take him to Jesse's. Yeah, no, exactly. Like you know? I would pay for him to kill a whitetail if he would take us like elk hunting. That he would be have, worth he it. He doesn't even have to take. Oh, okay. I would like him to he take. He does if we're paying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. But if it's like a, you know, like a hey, hey sort of ordeal. If he can just drop us a pin where we'd at least be in the chips, because the first time we went, not even close. I don't even think we we're in the right state, to be honest. But yeah, it something would, to think about. He was saying that the odds of you drawing out with an outfitter are like 12% or something. But he said on like an individual level, it's like, like five. And I was like, dang, that's low. An individual 5%. 5%. That's a 20-year tag, doing the math. But, I mean, think about Kansas. We've got lucky. We got a one-third We got a one chance in Kansas, and we all got it. I think we need to keep that in perspective when we're hunting Kansas. Is like, we not, we're not going to get into Kansas every year. We're fortunate. We are this very lucky. A, yeah, yeah, this is a – we need to take advantage of this opportunity, for sure. Because we all three – yeah, that, that was crazy. We all got in. We've got a battle on Oklahoma Public before we get to Kansas, but it's a battle we have fought before. It is, and it's going to suck. We know that going in. It's going to suck. It's going to be fun, and then it's going to suck, and then it's going to really suck. And then it won't suck so much for one person, and then hopefully it won't suck so much for the other person. And then maybe by the end of that week, all three of us will be pretty dang happy. I hope so. If I'm not going to be happy, though, I will be caffeinated. (laughs) <laughs> yeah what's going to be your go-to rain or red bull dude the rains are hard to beat the rains are good do you think rains are better than banks yeah really the orange dream sickle yeah <laughs> you, you know my names oh yeah no the blueberry frost by the time well i i we're people are gonna see it in our public land film uh that we're gonna put out in a couple or probably a, a week or a couple weeks or like a month Next year, we, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be a while. But they're going to see I shot a deer with Red Bull in between my feet. That's how devoted I am to, to consuming energy drinks. That was your second one of the morning, too. Dude, I'm not kidding. Like, five days after that hunt, my stomach was still recovering from food and Red Bull and sugar. But, dude, there's something about waking up on an empty stomach, and the first thing that touches the stomach walls is just caffeine and sugar red bull energy drinks baby it's almost something to it it's like it the is. only thing that gets you up in the morning <laughs> it, it really is uh, i love i look forward to it because i know like there's no like slowly creeping out of your sleeping bag or anything it's like you stand up like the undertaker you're like hit me with a red bull and someone throws yeah. an energy drink you crack that bad boy it hits your lips and you're like let's roll so for everybody listening we have I don't know, maybe four or five ice chests, and two of them usually hold like like food, and and all that stuff. One of them is specifically a beer ice chest, and maybe like a couple Snicker bars, you know, just that that type of quick food. The other one, if we have an extra one, is like usually twenty five percent water bottles, and then the rest energy drinks, and I mean Red Bull, Rain, Bang, 
there's there's some couple uh, uh monster coffee drinks. V eight. V eight. Oh, those V eight energies. V eight. Mm, I like those. You like but, those? Yeah. I think the V eights are terrible. Oh, what what is it? The the mango, and then they got like like the blueberry pomegranate V eights. Oh. My mom made me drink those as a kid. Like mm. just not the energy drinks, the V eights, and I hated those with a passion. Did you I, stick those uh, behind your TV as well? No. <laughs> I wouldn't have got grounded for those. Uh, I would not have got grounded for those. So what's your uh, what's your plan for Oklahoma? Like your hunting strategy, I guess. What if what if your first spot doesn't? Explain your first spot, and then if that spot doesn't work out, what are you going to do? My first spot is a very deep bowl that all funnels down into a, a – uh, particular terrain feature that i'm not going to mention because obviously this is something i got to mention before we go deeper people actually listen to this show i did not think they did <laughs> no i'm not kidding i'm not kidding i see the numbers every time we look at the analytics but now i'm when we get messages and they're like hey i think you're hunting here and i'm like you listen so yeah so we got an email the other day and it said so and he was being super transparent which i appreciate and i love him for that so more than likely, he's listening to this one as well. He's going to. Yeah. But he was like, I think you're hunting here based off when you said this, based off the miles and how long it took to get there. And you said this, and this is what it kind of looked like on, on the train feature. Yeah. And we were like, oh. People are a lot smarter. <laughs> people listen better, and they're a lot smarter and more detail-oriented than I am. Yeah, people can just comprehend stuff. Like, I can listen to something 20 times, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah, well. So... That's crazy. That's why I'm not going to get too deep into my spot, but because if people know where I'm hunting, then they can narrow it down from there. Yeah. And I'm like, anyways, we're not hunting celebrities or anything, but people do listen to the show and they give us feedback, which is awesome. And now I am adjusting the way I speak because of it. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what you go subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow the TikTok, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a, re a, a five-star review on the, on the podcast. And then you can ask us where we hunt, and we'll tell you yes or no. That's a good deal. You like that? That's a good deal. Yeah, no, but if my first spot does not work, I think I'm going to be looking for a X, X marks the spot sort of situation with diversity, whether that being water, a hard edge, timber, all, all the th terrain features coming together in a spot that is not easy to access. I am, I'm kind of over like the whole trick of using easy terrain features to get farther back off. Like for instance, let's just, people know if you walk down a road to access a spot and you walk a long ways and then you dive off 200 yards, you really didn't get as far as you thought. You calling me out? Yes. <laughs> I do it too. I do it too. But you didn't get as far off as you really thought you did. And the issue with that is you really have to create some some difficulty in the beginning for people or they will continue to – someone will walk as far as they need to to follow you on a road. Yeah. And I'm learning that. I used to think, oh, well, people don't want to drive. False. People will drive as far as they need to. Oh, people don't want to walk. No, they will walk on a road as far as they need to. But people don't want to go up, down, get sweaty, get tired, and walk a long ways and have grass and stuff hitting them in the face. That's when they stop. And I give people a lot of credit because there's a lot of, and if they do do that, then they're only going to do it for like maybe a day, maybe two. And then they're like, mm -mm. yeah. So that's the spot I'm looking for because just like we talked about with mindset earlier, I'm, this is not a long time sort of thing. It's a very short burst and I'm going to try to go as hard as I can, even if that means spending all day in a tree in November, which I, I've never done an all-day sit. I hate to say that, but I haven't. I haven't either. I, I would like to complete that this year. That's mm -hmm. one of my goals. So but, it's easy to do in a box blind. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about hanging out of a tree on public. Like I said, though, it it kind of sucks, and it somewhat takes away from the experience of of the whole of our rutcation, so to speak. Because, like, like I said last podcast, it even if you're not seeing anything. I always get excited when I see the truck pull up to come pick me up. 
Or I'm going to go pick up someone else, and I'm like looking, see if they're missing an arrow or if they got any blood on it or anything like that. Because I might not have seen anything, but you or Carol might have shot something. And so, like, that's just as just as exciting. And so, like, sitting all day in a tree, like, that's what I feel like I'd be missing out. It ain't like I care because, like, I can eat whatever, you know, in the tree. That's, it doesn't bother me that. But it's the fear of missing out, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah, that I agree because it's – last year, I was three minutes away from getting out of the tree – and I shoot a deer, and I immediately get down, and I pull up, and you're like, did you get one? And I'm like, yep. I'm like, shot it like 15 minutes ago. And you're like, BS. And I was like, no, I'm serious. And that's like, those most moments are fun. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward. Those are another dopamine hit. There's two good, like, it, there's a hierarchy. You shooting a buck, or and number two is pulling up on somebody that just shot one. That's the second most fun. Yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> those, are, those are the hierarchy. Uh, like, when you, you pulled up and showed me the picture of your your buck that you shot in 2020, I was like, wow, this just got fun. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. And it's a team, it's a team sport when you're, hunting. it has like, to be, it has to be, especially if like you were just now saying you want to walk through the tall grass, you want to, you know, get all this, go through all this difficult terrain feature to stay away from people. Well, the flip side of that is if you're successful, which most of the time that'll put you in a successful area. But when you are successful, the work just begun. Then you're going to have to pick, pack all that stuff, trek it all back through, you know, the ups and downs, the tall grass, all that good stuff. So, yeah, the team effort, that really helps. Either either the old uh, meat stick method or the, uh, I guess you could do the old shock pouch like uh, David Craig does. Mm-hmm. Or uh, what would you call that, what we did with our bucks? I call that just the dead body method. It, that's dead weight i mean what sucks about that that's like you throw the torso over one person's shoulder and you throw the back legs over the other person's shoulder and what really sucks is none of us are the same height mm-hmm. so either you're getting like your way up so all the weight's on you or you're down low and you're like trying to get it and then in that method okay we're not smart enough to buy a game cart that's just not who we are and plus down why. there yeah i mean i don't want to store it the whole year to use it once mm-hmm. so that method, so like he just said, someone's on the front half holding the head and the and the chest, and then the other one's with the butt and the testes. And obviously it's gutted. So what it, what sucks is if you have someone tall like Christian in the front and then someone short like me or Carol. I mean, Carol's like, what, six inches shorter than me? I'm 5'10", so Carol's like 5'2", or something like that. Yeah. I hope he listens to this. Uh, we're in the back. And then it's gutted, and so you obviously you're trying to drain all the blood, but it's going to come out slowly. But by the time you get it back to the truck, you're absolutely covered, head to oh, toe, yeah. in blood and feces and whatever else leaked out of that deer. But it's just, it's the best feeling ever. That's the <laughs> of honor. Yeah. There's a difference between needing to take a shower and having to take a shower. Mm-hmm. And when you got blood all over you, like arms, face, hands, like my favorite is when you got blood all over your hands and it starts to dry and you're like, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it you're just like, feels weird. I have, I it's have like to fingernails to a chalkboard. Yeah, that's the best. I, I look forward to moments like that. And I think the older I get and the, the harder it is to spend time with the people that you enjoy hunting with, the more I appreciate things like that because those are the moments like you, and while you're doing it, you're not thinking about that. No, it sucks. It sucks. But when you get home and like, for instance, today it's July 28th and we're sitting here talking about putting our hands in a deer that was a year, <laughs> two years ago. You know what I mean? And you remember yeah. it in vivid detail. Oh yeah. Yep. So it's going to be an exciting fall. I'm really excited what I'm most excited about is if it goes wrong. I think that's what excites me the most because I know something will go wrong. If the odds of us having three good spots on Oklahoma public and all getting it done easily and three good spots on Kansas public and all getting it done easily according to plan is pretty much zero. Like something will go wrong. And I'm excited to see how we respond to that because we have limited time and we need to respond well. Well, we're not just trying to shoot one buck. I mean, we are, but for everybody to be truly happy, we need at least three. A piece? Minimum. 
like no 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 just just, just three one yeah yeah one i would i would say one apiece because like we've did it both ways right like uh 2020 me and you got it done carol carol had opportunities but like like we always say the mountain keeps score uh this is carol's more new to that area than we were so i'm not saying he's a worse hunter or anything like that we're just saying that like we had to go through that as well and so we got it done he didn't and it kind of took a toll on him whether he wants to admit it or not i mean which it does with everybody and then last year you got it done on public me and carol had some close calls but we didn't we i mean we didn't seal the deal and it 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 took a toll on me so i assume it took a toll on carol because it sucks it sucks it sucks not being putting all that time and effort and then not getting anything but that's just part of it it sucks but i'm still ready to go back it is hard to go and not get it done i haven't experienced it the last two years because i've got to shoot a deer each year but before that it was like the previous like six years before and i hadn't killed one ever besides a doe and i'm like when is it my turn yeah. you know when, when am i gonna get to shoot one but i'm i'm just excited because i think that's it's gonna be a great year and even if it's not and none of us kill any it's not gonna be because of a lack of effort i'm no. gonna put i'm It'll gonna be the put bucks time in yeah I'll, I'll be shaking <laughs> i'll be shaking my fist at god why uh, yeah because there's that the there's like the 75 percent luck component or fate whatever you want to call it 25 percent of it is being there 25 percent of it's being prepared and then it seems like the other half is like god fate are you gonna is it, is it meant to be am i supposed to take walk? that buck home exactly mm-hmm. if it's meant to what, something that i have comfort in oh is, yes if it's meant to be it will happen yeah if it's meant to be and last year when i shot my buck and we were following great blood and then it just stopped. I down in that environment when the grass is so tall, your hope sucks out of you so quickly that you're like, it's over. It doesn't matter if I hit him in the heart. It doesn't matter. It's over. I don't have blood anymore. This is over. Wasn't meant to be. But I had faith in that moment where I was like, if it is meant to be, I will find this deer. If it is meant to be. And then five minutes later, I hear, oh, we jumped him up. He's running down the road. And I'm like, what are the odds? It's meant to be. <laughs> yeah. It is. I think anyone that deer hunts that says they kill all their deer on their own merit is is full of baloney. And I talked about that in my broadhead video I did on YouTube today. I was like, anyone that tells you you can't kill a broad a deer with this broadhead or that broadhead or this arrow or that arrow is full of baloney, and they're trying to sell you something. And that's the same thing when everyone's like, I determine if I'm going to kill that deer. To nope, you determine if you're prepared. Yeah, and the other half of it is something. you can only do so much. You can only do so much. You can shoot all you want, have all the right equipment, but if the deer doesn't give you a shot, it just didn't give you a shot. It it could be within shooting range. That doesn't mean it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Or it ducks, or your 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 bow has a nick in it. Your D loop breaks. There's so much uncontrollables, and that's why you kind of have to have that piece because some at a, at a certain point, it's not up to you. No, you're not. You're All not you control is your effort. Yeah. I have peace in that. So if I never end up becoming a big buck slayer, it's because God didn't want me to be. Well, it's baby steps right now. You're a small buck slayer. And then a medium. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully a large. <laughs> and then an XL. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So basically on your what if strategies for both states, you're planning on just being a woodsman and we talked about it i talked a little bit about it in the last podcast is i can't fall into that mindset of deer should be here so i'm gonna hunt here i'm gonna find that spot where deer are Mm -hmm. and when you're hunting public you have to be willing to mess something up to make something happen and i'm willing to do that previously like it seems like the more deer you get on the wall the more deer you shot the more you're willing to be like i have deer I'm willing to push the envelope to kill bigger and get get it done. I'd rather go down swinging on strike three than sit at the plate and watch it blow by yeah. walking back to the dugout. And I, I refuse to do that. So that's my strategy. So, the DRR. Yeah. So with you saying that, 
how how are you going to do that? Are you going to look uh, walk through looking for that that fresh sign that that we always talk about, or maybe if you don't see too much fresh sign, which you usually don't where we hunt in Oklahoma, but or are you just going to try to do the bump and dump strategy where you bump a deer and then you just dump your equipment out and hang there? Oklahoma probably the bump and dump. Kansas, we talked about it before, but e-scouting is a lot easier in Kansas. There's some spots that you know will be good if you look on the map as long as no one else is there. So bump and dump, I say a mixture of all those things. Kind of depends what attitude you're in. Mm-hmm. You're in too. Sometimes you pick a pin and you're like, when I get to this tree, I'm getting up in it. I don't <laughs> care what it looks like. You know? So that's that's the strategy. It We've been talking about strategy all summer. I'm ready to freaking hunt. Yeah. I'm at some level, like I love talking about it. I'm ready to hunt because when you hunt, you got, you get more stuff to talk about. There's that. And plus you can only talk about so much, right? We talked Mm -hmm. about where we're going to hunt, how we're going to do it. What happens if now we're, we're happening, we're talking about the, uh, what ifs, but sooner or later you can talk up all this big game. And that's kind of what, 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 where I feel we're at right now is we're talking all this big game and I don't want people to think, Oh, they're just talking all this big game. So I'm really excited to prove just to myself, at least I don't care what anyone else really thinks, but just prove to myself. just like, see, I knew what I was doing. I want to stroke my ego just a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah. It's going to be a good, I think it's going to be a good year. I, I really, if not, I really hope, I hope it's a good year. Can't say I think it's going to be. Lord willing, Lord willing. That's the motto, but yeah, I, that was a good episode on what if there's, you can only talk about what if so much because (laughs) there's a lot of what ifs, but only so many, so many, uh, resolutions or, uh, I'm ready not to say what if I'm ready to say, here's what happened or here's what went wrong. Yeah. And here's how I'm going to deal with it. So it's going to, it's going to be good. I'm excited about it. I'm ready. I think we're all ready. We're all ready. Hey, uh, it's only like it's only like 62 days left for Oklahoma. It's only like 45 something like that for Kansas. So that's crazy. It's coming up quick. I just pretty god the uh, it cools down a little bit. We finally got our first rain. This uh, well, I, actually, I guess it was yesterday. It did like a little monsoon on dry ground, so that equals like flash flooding. And I drove through that with a trailer on the other day, and I got wrecked. But, yeah, I'm not going to Kansas if it's 100 degrees. But if it's like 70s, what do you think? In September for a 70, like, I think that's pretty good. I'm in. I'll take November 70s at this point. (laughs) 104 degrees here today. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I'm over it. Well, that was our what-if strategy slash contingency plan. Yeah, if y'all got any questions about what we would do, if you care to think or care to wonder about what we would do in a scenario that you're in, shoot us a message, whether that be TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, while you're at it, you might as well follow and subscribe to each of those and leave us a five-star rating and review on this podcast. That's right. And always remember, we'll catch you guys in the next. You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts.